Oh, you a sight for sore eyes. Let me look at you. Marty, you're acting like you haven't seen me in a week. I haven't. You okay? Is everything all right? Oh, yeah. Everything is great. No one only a dollar ninety nine buys you at Ponderosa right now. You'll get nothing like it. Twatch. What? Hotweight is dead. Pontiac Fiero. It says one hundred percent guaranteed, you moron. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. My density has popped me to you. But it's only authentic if it says members only right here. Live from Members Only Studios. Yes, Members Only Studios. Welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Boys, it feels so good to be back. Ah, it sure does. You know, we had, if, if you're new to the podcast, or maybe if you're a loyal, faithful listener, you've heard us waxing on very eloquently in the last... Five episodes about living in the 70s. And it was fun. I, no doubt about it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. But just like in real life, I enjoyed the 80s more than I did the 70s. I am super happy to be back. It was a fun April Fool's joke. It ran for the month of April, but now it's back to what we, we know. Yes. Back to what we love. Got Kevin and Mike a.k.a. Snowball with us here tonight. Matt right. couldn't make it. Nope. So. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> we miss you, Matt. <laughs> That's my imitation of you, Matt, more. <coughs> One more. Oh, come on, man. You don't have to edit that out just like I do with Matt every single <laughs> time. We're going to do something. It may seem somewhat familiar to you, but just hang in here with us. We are going to go back to 1985. About two years ago, we did year-specific podcasts, and we just did it a little bit different. Right now, it's going to be more of a rapid-fire kind of thing, where we're just going to have answers, maybe some brief discussion about some of the stuff. But before we did it, we like expanded on news items, expanded on sports. You know, hour and a half, two hours later, we're still talking about a year. <laughs> we're going to make this shorter, but hopefully valuable content. We up for it? That's all we bring is value. I'm up for it. I'm up for it. So now we're going to start off 1985 by a little thing we like to call. In the news. We've picked out a few key news events, at least to us, from 1985. We're not going to go and spend hours on these, and we're not going to even come close to hitting all the news items in 1985, but just a few that stick out to us. So, Mike, why don't we start off with you, and Kevin, then I'll take one. One of my favorite uh, little news stories of 1985 was Coco the Gorilla. That was featured on the cover of National Geographic. Coco was given a kitten, and Coco named it All Ball. Not Snowball, All Ball. Hmm. (laughs) Now, he was able to name it himself because Coco knows sign language. Oh, cool. Wow. Pretty impressive. So, but unfortunately, a few months after uh, receiving the uh, kitten, 
the kitten got loose and got ran over by a car. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after this happened, Coco signed Flat Cat. <laughs> no, not, not really. But <laughs> really, actually, Coco would oh. sign Bad, Sad, Bad, Frown, Cry, Sad. Hmm. So, wasn't quite able to string together sentences, but actually still very impressive that a gorilla was able to sign. So Yes, it was. So just a little fun news article there. Because yeah. <laughs> anytime a cat dies, it's fun to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, ladies that have cats. Do men have cats? I'm I mean, sure some do. I mean, I have a cat, but it's not. I don't consider it mine. It's like it's in the house. What's your cat's name? Penny. Penny. Yeah. My after, daughter. After the Lionel Richie song. No, the Penny Lover. No, after um. The Night Ranger song. Penny. Penny no, I didn't, I didn't know about Penny's. <laughs> After uh, Penny from Big Bang Theory, our daughter. Oh, okay. Did, so. Oh, that's cool. That's a good yeah. job. Kevin, what's your uh, news story there? Well, something that we can't live without anymore. In 1985, someone made the first mobile phone call. His name mm-hmm. was Ernie Wise. It was in the UK. Uh, first of all, and I don't know who he was calling. I'm guessing he was calling a landline. He had but... a pizza or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> Got a wrong number. <laughs> But yeah, the first mobile phone call came out in 1985, and now it's like everybody seems like everybody. Well, do we call or do we just text? Oh, that's a good point. Immediately after, somebody called him asking if he knew about his auto warranty being up. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) He was getting a a text saying, "Hey, uh, I'd like to buy your house." Yes. Oh my goodness, John. (laughs) Yeah. My news article is a little. It's some sad news to me. You know, growing up, like, I've always enjoyed nostalgia. I've always enjoyed road trips. I've always kind of, like, loved, like, all all things Americana, right? So, in 1985, Route 66, the mother road, was officially removed from the highway system. Decommissioned. Decommissioned. So... Uh, at one time, it was the route to get from Chicago to Los Angeles and all points in between. Uh, lots of touristy little dives and little towns along the way because there were so many travelers. Uh, niche little hotels and gift shops and restaurants and things like that. Very charming. Um, I enjoy going back and looking at some of the old retro art from back then. So a freeway, I can't remember which, which interstate, uh, took its place. But uh, slowly but surely, the the commerce on Route 66 you know, kind of died off. Uh, there are still some places along the way, and I think a lot of people have kind of rejuvenated some of Route 66 and some of the old places. But yeah, it's a sad sign of the times back then. Yeah, it was was it wasn't 40. Well, no, seventy replaced 40. I'm trying to think what it'd yeah. be. Either 70 or 90 would be my my guess. Probably 90. Run across the top yeah, part of the 70 country. 70 just goes east to west. It doesn't go down in the southern states. Okay. Because I know six, Route 66 goes through like Arizona, New Mexico, Oklahoma. It ends in L.A. Right. Because there's still like historic Route 66 that's that's out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's. When I was uh, when I went to Winslow, Arizona, a couple years ago, yes, I was standing on the corner. <laughs> it was uh, a fine sight to see. There's a girl, my, my lord. Was what? she in a flatbed Ford? Yeah, she slowed down, took a look at me. <laughs> Pretty cool. 
Doesn't happen to you every day. No. no. So uh, it Route 66 goes right through Winslow, mm-hmm. and there's a big thing in the middle of the road, Route 66. So, yeah, hate to see that go. Uh, any other news stories you guys found out when you were looking or things mm-hmm. you remember from back then? Um, 1985 was the second most dangerous year in aviation history. Wow. Wow. Um, Kind of maybe gives me a little perspective. I was searching all the news articles and I kept seeing plane crashes and hijackings. Right. And I'm like, holy cow. So I searched, you know, aviation 1985. And uh, the deadliest crash was a uh, Japanese Airlines Flight 123. It was a Boeing 747. Crashed into the side of a mountain. 520 of the 524 people on board died. Wow. And just a few weeks before that, there was a... Uh, Another Boeing 747. This time, it was a terrorist bomb that brought this one down, but 329 people. But in all, over 2,200 people died in uh, commercial airline crashes that year. So Wow. Sad. Yeah. My mom was always scared to fly. Now, maybe a little more perspective on why. Yeah. That yeah, might have something to do with it, right? <laughs> Uh, in 85, Titanic was found after 73 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it was finally found. I think they've went down and they've continued to, to go down there. And did, did they find Leonardo DiCaprio's bones at the bottom? He was, yeah, yeah. He was still, still close to that board. <laughs> uh, New Coke. Yeah, we've talked oh, about yeah. We've talked about some of the stuff on, on the podcast mm-hmm. before, but New Coke, that's when that experiment came and failed. But as we found out... Uh, that really was just like a calculated thing. They had no intention on ever keeping uh, the original Coke hidden forever, but more of a marketing strategy. And it worked because mm-hmm. they, yeah. they took back over Pepsi as far as the number one soft drink back then. So good for them. And Rob, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Wham was the, was the first Western band to perform in China in 1985. The first Western band? Yes. I... Might know if I heard it. Go. <laughs> Wham. Uh, George I, Michael. I don't think I knew that. Okay. I didn't know. I would have assumed it was the Beatles or something. But In 1985? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, he said the first Western, man. I, I guess they're not probably Western. Would they be considered Western? Wait, not Western as in style of music. Wake me up before you go. No, I. Oh, the West, the West. You know, because mm-hmm. sometimes Western civilization. Yes. Yeah, when I hear Western, so is that the United States, or could that also be? Apparently, in this article, they included uh, Europe. So okay, huh? Oh. I, would, I think Western Hemisphere. Yeah, which would be us. Well, like I said, it was an article that I read. <laughs> With my eyes. Uh, Live Aid was in 1985. Yes, it was. It was a huge event. We did a whole podcast on Live Aid a few years ago. So if you ever want to learn everything you ever wanted to know about Live Aid, look that one up. Uh, You know, Michael Jordan was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 85. Yes, he was. And And we may talk about him more later. He may. Did he have whatever, whatever happened to him? I don't know. He, I think he just kind of faded away. Kind of faded off after that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he did much as far as like future All Star appearances or or winning championships no. or making McDonald's commercials. Yeah. I think he's penniless and broke. <laughs> yeah, he became Pretty one sure. heck of a baseball player. That's, he did. That's he, what did. he did. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the news, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Memory lane right there. That's it. So we're going to stop, take a brief time out. Uh, 
acknowledge our sponsors, and we'll be right back talking about everything else having to do with 1985. Stay tuned. Chi-Chi serves more good food, more good times, to more good people. Come to America's incredible Mexican restaurant, Chi-Chi's. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Spotify for Podcasters for providing this platform, as well as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out in our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Most of all, we want to thank you for listening. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. It still feels very good to say that ah, again. Feels great. Just rolls off the tongue. 80s. We are going to have several categories here, and we're each bringing up our memories, what we think, what we remember about 1985. Maybe it's through research, maybe it's from personal memory. But uh, we're going to start, as we should, 80s fashion with Mike Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're a loyal listener, you can pretty much fill this in yourself. But uh, 19... bracelet. (laughs) (laughs) Not in 85. That would have been later in the 80s, if you want to know for sure. But pretty much the closet in 1985 looked like Calvin Klein jean. Izod polos, oversized sweaters, inside-out fleece tops, boot shoes, a large assortment of Nike Air running shoes. I also actually, when it came to shoes back then, a lot of the shoes would just come in all white, but they would have the felt around, you know, whether it was the Nike swoosh or the Converse logo or even some of them, a large part of the shoe was in felt. So you'd go get a permanent marker and kind of design your own shoe. Right. So I always enjoyed kind of creating my own shoe style. I, I never did that. I kept it I kept it gray. If you go into the store, there's like a black stripe, red mm-hmm. stripe. It'll say white with black, white with red. It would say white with natural. That's what it would say. It wouldn't say gray. It would say natural. Natural. Nike, anyway. I don't know mm-hmm. if they were all like that. Hmm. I don't yeah. remember any of this. Really? I don't remember painting or coloring shoes, no. You never colored your shoes? Mm. Wow. I never did either. No. Should have seen my track shoes. They looked really oh, okay. good. Did you have little flames on them? I didn't do flames, but they were very colorful, though. Went really well with my running tights, which was also been a fashion <laughs> at that time in my life, too. So, yeah, that's pretty much my fashion in the closet. Obviously, accessorized it with uh, not real Ray-Bans, but some imitation Ray-Bans. Mm. Fay-Bans. Yeah. <laughs> Might have been wearing the jelly bracelet, but not on the ankle at that point. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I'm a serious, Clark. Jelly bracelet? <laughs> yeah. You wore a jelly bracelet, like a girl. Like a guy. What kind of guy wears jelly bracelets? Me, my friends, <laughs> anybody that was cool. That's terrible. Huh. Okay. I do not I remember you never... wearing a jelly bracelet, Rob. I, I don't remember come. you wearing one no. either. Huh. I don't think any of our friends did either. We're two of the manliest men ever. <laughs> huh. so. Go figure. Jelly bracelets huh. on a guy. Never would have thunk it. 
And with your Swatch watch? I don't think you had a Swatch watch. Right? I didn't. I always wanted a Swatch watch, though. I never or, had one either. Or a Coke watch or whatever one yeah, you yeah, want. Right. The Coca-Cola fashion line was mm-hmm. pretty big back in, let's say, 85, 86, 87. Right around there, yeah. From, yeah, for a few years there. So that was my fashion in 85. Hmm. What you, Kevin? Well, my fashion was uh, influenced by... Miami Vice, which was popular at the time, so I, I do remember having like white parachute pants with white okay. shoes, mm. um, uh, skinny ties, uh, pastel shirts with a jacket, uh, kind of like what I was wearing back then. Here's what I want to envision. Yeah. Did you have the five o'clock shadow all day? I would have if I <laughs> if you could have. I was only eighteen. I didn't know whether anyone would get facial hair. Yet. <laughs> No, I didn't have. I, I, did, I, didn't I have, did. I did carry the shadow a bit back then. Yeah. Did you highlight the hair? It's okay to admit it. I or, did not. I had. I did have a, a mullet um, and kind of punked up on top, but I didn't. I didn't ever color it. So you spiked it on top. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wore just your basic, basic Levi's jeans because I still do today, and. <laughs> I, you know, I would, I would maybe sway away to maybe get a pair of guest jeans Ooh. and maybe some uh, Lee jeans, like in the early '80s, and they just didn't work for me. Levi's all the way. So have you me, had your Nike shoes on? Of course I did. Nike? Uh, Were they Nike? Nike or Nike? Either one. Nick. He had Nick. one of each. Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> That's good. So I was wearing the, the Nike Legends back then, which was a precursor to the Air Jordans. Uh, actually, if you look at the Nike Legend and you look at the Air Jordan, they're kind of the same shoe. So hmm. I was sort of a trailblazer. You're kind of a legend yourself. I kind of was. So of did you have white with a black stripe or a red stripe? I'm trying to remember. Um, I had I had the gray, the natural stripe. I never colored it in. Okay. That's what I had. Okay. Was, like David had like the black stripe. He wore those... Until they like fell off his feet. <laughs> I also had a little a season there where I was wearing Reeboks because Reeboks were very fashionable, probably like eighty five. If you were going 86. to aerobics class, uh, dude, dudes are wearing them. <laughs> like Mike Rutherford still has Reeboks today. I'm pretty sure. Who's Mike Rutherford? He's a friend of ours. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, is that somebody famous? He's, I think a Mike I think Reno. He has a special order them, but I think he still wears them. He wears like the high tops with the two straps. Oh, on the, that's around nice. the Velcro around the ankle. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, just just one. The girls had the two stripes. Oh. The guys okay. had just one. Okay. So yeah, I had uh, I had like probably I probably had two pairs of Reeboks, but not the not the ones you're thinking of. I would have to find them, but yeah, I had them just for a season. It went well with your leg warmers. Mm. Well, not as good as it would have been with your jelly bricks. <laughs> now, I think you'd wear a sh- when you were dressed up. You'd wear a shirt with your sleeves rolled up. I would. Yeah, with it with a tie. I think you had a yeah, tie was undone. Sock tie, leather tie. Did you, did you take? Uh, oh a- yeah, it was loosened. The top button was unbuttoned. Yeah, you wear it a little loose like that. You mm-hmm. can do it. It's good. I had this phase where I was wearing Ocean Pacific shirts a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Long sleeve t-shirts came out back then. Because before that, like you had sweatshirts, you had t-shirts. It's kind of the best of both worlds. Hmm. You had a t-shirt that was lighter weight but long sleeve. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good. So Panama I, Jack? Yeah, Panama Jack was a good brand back oh, yeah. then. I think I might have had a Panama Jack shirt. Yeah, that's that's kind of that was my look back then. But yeah, I would, would definitely wear the the tie loosened up. With the, so you uh, thought you were Kevin Bacon, kind of. Yeah, kind of. That I think he was—he was a big inspiration to that uh, untied tie. 
In fact, he may have been the inspiration of my life. That. <laughs> it may have been a fashion of the, outside of him, but to me... Did you wear it to church and your parents go, put it all the way up? No. I think they were just happy as in church. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's fashion. Next topic, memorable trend. So what trends do you remember from 1985? Now, these don't have to be specific to 85, but they could be, you know, in that era. Because, you know, some trends kind of last in extended years. I feel like, again, like Snowball needs to go first. On yeah. Because... Okay. All right. I'll go first. <laughs> so as Kevin had mentioned earlier, Air, uh, Michael Jordan was the Rookie of the Year that year. Also, the Air Jordan brand was released. So it, it started out with the Air Jordan shoes, which retailed for... $65. The original goal was to sell 100,000 pair in the first year, and they end up selling $26 million. Oh, my goodness. Nowadays, the Air Jordan brand's worth $3 billion, so, you know, just... So wow. that's what happened to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. He sold a lot of shoes. I don't know what else he did, but he like sold a lot. He, he sold became a lot an entrepreneur, shoes. so he, okay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, though, when the Air Jordan first came out, he couldn't wear them in the games. No, that broke the NBA's uniform code. It had to be pretty much like a predominantly white shoe. You know, you didn't want to come. Nowadays, hmm. they wear orange shoes with right. like a green jersey <laughs> and whatever they want. But at that time, you know, the NBA didn't realize, you know, the popularity that you would have with shoes and how it would improve their product and enhance their yeah. image. and. Eventually, they gave in once they started seeing the sales of the Air Jordan shoe. So, it seems like they would have like made Nike would have made like an all white Air Jordan. He probably shoe. did wear an all white pair in the game, but as far as you know, the Air Jordan that was being sold, like that the everybody black and red and white. Everybody coveted yeah, the it. Was, colors. Mm-hmm. It was the black, red, and huh. white. So, nice. have either of you gone to the the uh, new movie? No, I haven't. I want to see it. I heard it's really good, and I heard there's really good music in it. Of course, it came really to place in the, in the 80s. Yeah, it, it, I guess the soundtrack's really good. So I, I do want to see it. And they said the outfits that Ben Affleck is wearing is like just awesome. The track suits mm-hmm. are just... He just yeah, he plays Phil Knight, right? I think so. I, I, I think... I'm not positive. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, it's good, getting uh, good, good reviews. So, Have you seen it yet? I have not. Check it out. Date night. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, let's go see a, show, a movie about shoes and basketball. Well, if you say shoes, you might say, yeah, that sounds great. Yes. Yeah, that's how you lure her in. It's about fashion. Okay. About you, Kevin. Memorable trends. Not for myself, but I remember a big thing because Madonna was like the fingerless gloves. Oh, yeah. Um, like the lace. Like, you know, I guess Prince, too. <laughs> He had similar fashion to Madonna sometimes. Or if you're Michael, just one glove. Or just one glove. Yeah. Sequin. That's all you needed. So, um, I, you know, I just, I never was much into fashion. I mean, I started to get a little bit more into in, in 85 because I had some money, but um, trend-wise, I just. You had was, your own style. I was, oh, I was always a few years behind. I mean, I was wearing a sailor hat in the late 80s, <laughs> for goodness sake. I mean. <laughs> kind of like Spalding. Oh, yeah, it wasn't that bad. Spalding? <laughs> hmm? That kid knows how to dress. That's what I'm going to wear right there. Right. High tube socks and a sailor I don't hat. want any ladies around me. I'm just dressing like Spalding. Yeah, you know, I guess that was my trend at the time, Was, was were the bike, 
brand shorts oh, with yeah. the pockets, uh-huh. the coach's shorts. With a, with a two-button snap there? Two-button snap, two back pockets, pockets, back pocket. Put your batting uh, gloves in there yeah. and your wallet. And my Velcro wallet. <laughs> yeah, there's another trend was my Velcro wallet. Yeah, like my ZZ Top Velcro wallet. My Duran ZZ Top one? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, Rob? Uh, well, you know what? I, I probably should have explained this question a little bit better. So I'll give you what I have down here. Okay. Um, uh, something I th- was particularly trendy. I guess I'm, I was looking more for um, like things in culture that kind of people latched on to, like the Nintendo NES. Oh, okay. Yeah, that oh, was released in 1983, okay. but by 85, like, everybody was buying them. Like, it was the, you know, the very, the, the you know. The thing to do. Yeah, we should rename this the thing to do. Yes. Yeah, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids, Tiny G.I. Joes. Uh, one thing I remember back then, it seemed like almost every town you went to, there was, like, a nightclub or a place named after, like, a, like Miami Vice, like it would be in Miami Vice or something. So I know in Columbus we had the Coconut Beach Club. Um, we're nowhere near a beach or yeah. Florida or any other tropical place, but it had like the the teal and pink signage and you know coconuts. The Elephant the, Bar. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what else was popular in this area at that time. Uh, Obviously, in '85 I wasn't old enough rush. to go. After the Gold Rush. Rainbows. Um, rainbows. The rainbows became the Coconut Beach Club. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dixie Electric Company. I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, cool. The south end of Columbus had one called Piccadilly. I know. Oh, I know yeah. some kids would go to from school would go there. I never went there, but I never um, heard about it. So. Okay. So yeah. So for me, what I was into in eight, 1985, which is well past when it, you know everybody had it by that point, but I got um, the Atari twenty six hundred. Okay. And, you know, so I was behind everybody else. Everybody else had had it for a while, but I thought that was awesome. I just played that thing to death. And then, uh, yeah, of course, we had MTV was, was like, on all the time at oh, this yeah. point. So and, and there was knockoff shows like Friday Night Videos, and they had these, these other programs trying to compete with. You didn't prefer VH1 over MTV? <laughs> When did VH1 come along? Yeah, I don't know. It's like 1986 or something. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it was a few years later. I just remember Rosie O'Donnell was on there. Yeah, it was, it was supposed to be like more of an adult alternative to the teen programming on MTV. Hmm. And it slowly became its own, it was almost an MTV clone. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Favorite TV show you were watching in the in 1985? Start with you this time, Kevin. Uh, probably Miami Vice um, in the evening. Uh, I think that was Friday nights. Yeah, and then I, I could think, see you being home on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, sorry. exactly. I had nowhere to be, so <laughs> might as well be home watching TV on Friday night. Um, yeah, so. save money that way. You I did. On new dates. You hadn't met Diana yet. I, had I did have a girlfriend in '85. Okay. Um, but I still had time to watch Miami Vice. <laughs> so maybe we didn't go out. Before on we go out, I'm watching this. Right. Um, and Cheers was the other big one I was watching. I, it helps me pick out my outfit before I go out. <laughs> what are they wearing this week? Let's see what you know, see what Sonny's wearing tonight. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Mike? That's all you got? No, I, I don't got to save some for you guys. I mean, okay, all right. Well, this show started in 1985. Saturday night's main event. Ah. So for those wrestling fans out there. 
Um, they ran from 85 to 92. And what Saturday night's main event was, it was a WWF uh, prime time um, show where typically you would have what we called studio shows where the superstars or the, you know, the more talented wrestlers would compete against what we called jobbers or enhancement <laughs> talent or jabronis, jabronis, basically guys that are there just to get beat up, and bums. get pinned in about two minutes and then move on to a promo to, you know, promote the following week's, uh, stops. So, but this one you actually had the superstars competing against the superstars. Yeah, main event caliber. Mm-hmm. Well, they would do it like at 11.30 on, on Saturday night. It would replace place SNL. Yeah. Like one, once a month. Once a quarter. Once a quarter, is that what it was? Yep, they would replace mm-hmm. SNL once a quarter. Um, the very first episode took place at the Nassau Coliseum, which was pretty famous for uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. And some of the matches were a six-man tag with the U.S. Express. Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Mike Rotundo, along with Ricky Steamboat versus Nikolai Volkov, Iron Sheik, and George the Animal Steel. He also had uh, Wendy Richter against the Fabulous Moolah. And the main event was Hulk Hogan versus Bob Orton with Roddy Piper in his corner. So, did an 8.8 rating, so pretty impressive. impressive. You don't see those today. No, you don't. Do you know what the opening theme was? Um. Eye of the Tiger. Obsession by Animotion. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. So that's what I was watching on a late Saturday night back in 1985. So I'm going to take yours and one-up you just a bit. Okay. You one-up me. Yeah. So I was looking at 1985 shows today, just to kind of jog my memory. The ones you know of, Miami Vice and... Uh, family ties and cheers and all of that. Growing pain. And, 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 and I see Saturday night's main event. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I remember, you know, watching that on Saturday nights. That was that was okay. And then I started looking, I thought, hmm, let me look up something here. March nineteen eighty five was the debut episode of WCW Saturday night. There you yes. go. Six oh five on the superstation. So so all of the guys that, that were more athletic Less flabby and cartoony. I'm talking like Sting, Lex Luger, the Four Horsemen, Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes, uh, the the Russians, Nikita and Ivan Koloff, Magnum TA, Powers of Pain. That's where the big boys play. Was at WCW, and yes, I know Mike did. agrees with me. Oh, he I probably, do. He probably wasn't thinking along those lines, but. Uh, I, I'm sure you watched about as much as I did back then. Absolutely. And uh, so that that was kind of. For those of you that are non-wrestling fans, you probably have already checked out on this part of the conversation. Here we go again. Here we go again. These guys can't shut up about wrestling. Um, so back in the, those days, the WWF was really gearing their, their selves towards small kids, marketing lunchboxes and toys and cartoons and stuff. And that was okay, and that was well and good. <laughs> but the alternative to that, if you wanted something that was a little more realistic... Like, the guys would really put their bodies on the lines a little more. And, you know, there may be some bloodshed. There may mm-hmm. be some chair shots. In the WWF, for the longest time, you weren't allowed to go off the top rope. Uh, you couldn't use, you couldn't hit each other with chairs. Uh, well, that's no fun. I know. Yeah, it's like, chair. come on, it's wrestling. You're supposed to be able to do this stuff. So these are the things that they couldn't do. But over in the NWA, on WCW Saturday Night, they were doing this stuff. So that kind of attracted more of the 
immature adult male viewer like myself. <laughs> so that, that's that's what I was doing. But yeah, uh, MacGyver was another show back then that I enjoyed. Actually, that was the yeah, the year MacGyver came out. Nice. Ran for seven years. The number one new show was The Golden Girls, so I know mm. Kevin was watching that one on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it. It um, took place in Miami, so yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of cross-referencing they between had, Miami. They should have had an episode where Miami The Golden Girls... That, oh, that, that would have been awesome. awesome. <laughs> that a missed opportunity right there. It's seeing uh, Don Johnson making out with B. Arthur. <laughs> 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 that would have been... Legendary TV right there. And she dumps him. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not man enough for me, Don Johnson. <laughs> so. Of course, the number one show is America's number one TV dad, The Cosby Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Followed close by Family Ties, another mm-hmm. wholesome family show. Yeah, we enjoyed them. They were great. And then you got into uh, your senior citizen shows like Murder, She Wrote and 60 Minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Was Matlock out back then? Was Matlock out there? Let me it's right around that time. And eighty five, eighty six. Don't see him in the top thirty for the year, but by golly, Simon and Simon was strong at number twenty nine. So. All right, so let's think back to the movies we we're going to see in nineteen eighty five. Now, there's, there's, the there's, a, there's a few softballs here, but yeah, fire away, boys. All right, Rambo: First Blood, Part. Two. It was a, obviously the sequel to Rambo First Blood. So, as all we all remember at the very end of Rambo First Blood, he kind of goes a little mm, crazy, shoots up an entire town, blows it up, gets sent to prison. So, here we fast forward three years, and you got John Rambo, and he's been given an opportunity to get out of jail if he's willing to go to Vietnam to do basically a... Search for prisoners of war mm-hmm. that are still left from Vietnam. So uh, rescue mission. Well, it wasn't supposed to be a rescue mission. He was just supposed to go and take pictures. Uh, yes. Yeah. We they did. thought he seemed like the guy that would be a good photographer. <laughs> Those of you know who don't know who John Rambo is, he was a former U.S. Army Green Beret. When he gets over there, okay, I'll just go on to my favorite scene. So my favorite scene of the movie is. Um, Rambo's basically just got a knife and a bow, and he's fighting uh, not only the Vietnamese military, but the Soviet military as well. Because mm. you know, that's all you need. One man, well, actually he's got a girl with him. She's a special agent, uh, Co. What, yeah, special agent Co. She's there to kind of help be his guide, help him find you know, the prisoners of war. Um, but my favorite part is uh, John Rambo takes his uh, bow and it has a uh, what kind of tip would we call that like an exploding tip yeah, like an exploding tip like and a hollow a, tip like yeah, uh, yeah. and he uh, he blows up uh, this one guard who killed his love interest in the movie so yeah you, you kind of like if you slow mo it or freeze you see this dude's head fly off it's kind of cool it was pretty awesome so <laughs> yeah the special agent's name is Ko Fong Bo, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and, know. And that was the one love interest that I can recall that he had in any of his other Rambo episodes. But her acting, she's very beautiful, but her, but her acting. accent was horrible. Yeah. 
I, the scene where she dies, it's just, it's so bad, but it's just so good. The, the one part I remember was he is, and it could be part three, but I'm thinking it was part two, where he is like, he has covered himself in mud. Yes. And the guy's sneaking up on him, you see these eyes open in the mud, and it's him, and he pulls out a knife and just slices a dude's throat. Yeah, that's too. pretty epic. Yeah. So I never saw, well, I saw this before I saw First Blood. Okay. Because so I hadn't seen First Blood yet. I saw Rambo Part Two, and then had to go find First Blood later, probably on VHS at Video Pursuit or something, but... I like both of them. I thought the first one was more of a story. The uh-huh. second one was more purely action yeah, driven. Let's see who we can kill, destroy, mm-hmm. and blow up. And the yes. third one to go to Afghanistan, very action driven. So. Uh huh. Which I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but that was about it. Have either of you watched the final one? No. I keep meaning to, but like, like it's it'll be on. I'm like, no, yeah. I just don't feel like uh, it. I've seen several of them, so I should have stopped at three. Yeah. Mm, I don't, the last one's very good. I recommend was it. Good. Yes. Okay. He cuts the heart out of a man just so he can feel like, know what it feels like to have your heart cut out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he shows it to him. <laughs> hmm. No, I, that's I took my not wife much of a to, selling point for I took, to yeah, watch really. it. I took my wife to that movie. Huh. That's to that's say romantic. She, she did not enjoy it. Knowing what I know about Misty, I can't really see her enjoying that. No. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rambo was also the number two grossing movie of 1985, and it was... Number three worldwide. Wow. So number one must have been Back to the Future? You got it. Sure. <laughs> it's either that or Beverly Hills Cop, right? Beverly Hills Cop was number three. Okay. So what's your movie, Kevin? Um, a little bit more obscure, but one that stood the test of time. Better Off Dead. Oh, that's a great one. So many great quotes in there. Um, some people that went on to have you know other roles I shouldn't say big stars but uh, you got uh, Charles DeMar mm-hmm. <laughs> who goes on to be on Moonlighting he's also Booger from uh, Fringe of the Nerds Fringe of the Nerds you have uh, John Cusack of course John Cusack his, his girlfriend who uh, Monique was, no oh yeah Monique she was in Last oh, American Virgin yes, and then was. Beth <laughs> Beth who was in Nightmare on Elm Street right right and uh, what else was she in? Um, oh, she, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh yeah, she's the one who breaks up with Brad. Every single one, she either breaks up with somebody or or, the, or they die. Yeah. So Johnny Depp dies. Brad gets dumped. John Cusack gets dumped. It's like yeah. she's, she's a trouble. Fatale. She's trouble. She is. Um, there's there's just oh you you also got the, the the two brothers that are you know one's acting like Howard Cosell. He goes on the to other be one speaks no English. Chosen either. from uh, yeah. From uh, Karate Kid Part Three. Yeah. So, but yeah, I always enjoyed that movie. Uh, it, I guess it's a lighthearted look at trying to commit suicide, you know. But uh, <laughs> that is true. That is kind of his his old the whole main point of it is you know when trying he tries when but. he when he tries to jump off the bridge and Charles pats him on the back and he falls in the back of the trash truck. <laughs> that's just crazy. Yeah. That's insane. It's like he, he suddenly comes to his senses. I shouldn't do this. He's in the garage. He's thinking about. Killing himself. His mom comes in. She she's she knocks the door and he she's like sweeping and he, he about chokes to death. So <laughs> and of course the mom the mom couldn't cook anything correct and the brother everything looked like slime. Yeah, and, and the raisins and the brother was 
always like coming up with these inventions and, and cutting the, stuff out of the cereal boxes and the cat food boxes and the like the one where his, his this this is pre Amazon he gets something in the mail and it's like how to pick up trashy women. <laughs> oh, later right, in the, the movie, his bedroom has got all these these like hookers right. In his bedroom with him. So just a silly fun movie. Well, didn't he build a space shuttle right at the very end of yeah. blast through the ceiling? <laughs> oh, good stuff. Mine, obviously. I mean, it's a softball. Back to the Future. I mean, that's yeah. number one. That's number one. $193 million grossing. That's kind of good. Taking away that, uh, The Breakfast Club was also in 1985, mm. as was Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. So when Beverly Hills Cop was probably the one on this list I looked most forward to seeing. It's like, oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Playing a cop. And he's going to be hilarious and funny. And he was. And he was. It was great. All three of those movies, I think, were good. And I hear they're making a another one. With him? With him. Okay, cool. Yes. I'd go see that. Well, I think mm-hmm. Judge Reinhold's going to be in it again, too. Oh, okay. Oh. So, yeah. He's probably looking forward to getting some work. Uh, yeah, to get a paycheck. <laughs> I don't think he's had anything since the Santa Claus. I would say the one that I look forward to the most was Rocky IV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would end up the number four movie that year, so... A great year for Stallone. And you would think Stallone probably made the most money that year as far as movies. Mm-hmm. Chevy Chase. Of course. He so he had Fletch, National Lampoon's European Vacation, Spies Like Us. You know, it's interesting. A couple of those movies weren't that great. Uh, Spies Like Us was enjoyable. It's not a great movie. Yeah, European it's Vacation was not that, not that great. Fletch, Fletch was, was good. good. Yeah, I agree with that. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was out that year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, it was. There's a lot, a lot of good quotes in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody ever admits that to be in their favorite movie, though. Is my it brother, anybody's favorite movie? I don't know. It's, as popular as it was, you think it has to be somebody's favorite movie. Yeah. It's yeah. got to be in your top, somebody's top ten. Yeah, somebody. Well, it's a Tim Burton movie, so it's got it's really got great visuals in it, mm-hmm. but... Just it's just so quotable. There's so many things he says in that movie that's, that's quotable. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, that's that's a that's one my brother would watch a lot when he was a kid. In fact, the babysitter said, "Yeah, he watched it four times today." Oh, <laughs> Except he would get scared when the when the at the clown scene <laughs> uh, or large marge scene. It's a little Heath all crying in the corner. Yeah. No, we could go. Some away. things never change. <laughs> Weird Science is also out there. Oh year, yeah, as well as Vision Quest. Oh. <sighs> Well. I just watched that again not too long ago. It's a great mm. movie. The plot is like, he wants to drop a couple weight classes to wrestle like the best kid in the state. Mm-hmm. And he does. Like, that's that's pretty much that's the plot. The plot. I there mean, you go. Yep. There, so, there is a love interest in there to kind of give it some heft. But yeah, it's, it's a pretty simple plot, but it's a fun but movie. But with a great soundtrack. So. Mm-hmm. Also, the movie Perfect was released that year. If yes. you're not familiar with that Travolta. movie. Yeah, for John Travolta and Jamie Lee Curtis. It's a movie about a female aerobics instructor meets a male reporter who's doing a story on health clubs. So there you go. That's all, all you, you need, need to, to know. know. <laughs> Other than that, yeah. so here, here's something fun you guys will appreciate, especially you, Snowball. Okay. So I Googled what happened in 1985 pop culture. This, this is one blurb on Google says this. 1985 was a year filled with incredible highs. Live Aid, The Breakfast Club, Eddie Murphy, and some soul-crushing lows. New Coke, The Super Bowl Halftime Show, 
in the film Gymkata. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. That's awesome. Oh, it's yeah. so low, it's good, though. That's oh. the thing. I mean, it's not like it's Crush Groove or some movie it, like that. It feels like a movie that should be on Mystery Science Theater. Oh, Pretty yeah. close. Yeah. We still have to have our, our day we keep talking about doing. So uh, maybe one day. So Gymkata was number 140 on the list. But it made money and made $3.2 million. There you go. Next on our super list here, our next topic is coolest celebrity. Now, there are these people that we see along the way that we just think, ah, I wish I was as cool as this guy. Or girl. Whichever. So, um, <laughs> Snowball... What do you think coolest celebrity, 1985, who comes to mind? Well, if I knew you in 1985, I'd want to be a lot like you. But since I didn't, uh, what, to me, probably one of the coolest guys of 1985 was Super Bowl champion quarterback Jim McMahon. The dude had the sunglasses. He kind of had that bad boy rebellious thing where he had write different messages on his headband just to irritate the league. And like Roselle, I remember that. That's right. Yes, he had the commissioner's name on his on his headband. Sure, he got fined, but he didn't care. You know, he had the Super Bowl shuffle. Adidas was paying for it. It's yeah, okay. absolutely. So to me, Jim McMahon was a kind of a cool guy of that era. Agreed, Kevin. Don Johnson. Don Johnson. He yeah. was the doctor of cool. Yeah. Had a great album. <laughs> oh. Did he? he no. <laughs> John McNeil thinks so. Yeah. Enough to put a mural on his walls that way? That's what I've heard. heard right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Mr. Cool back in 80. So uh, the, the whole you know cop show with the nice cars and, I mean... I've seen some of the old episodes, and it's like they're very flirtatious with the ladies. It was not at all like a typical detective, you know, job or whatever. It was, it was not very like an MTV-ish cop. So, but, uh, I think when they did when they first came up with the concept of the show, one of the things they said was MTV equals crime drama or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, MTV cops or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. the way they pitched it. That's kind of the way. It, that's what it was. Yeah, because there's always the music. A lot was of always music there. It felt like a music video sometimes. Guest stars like Sheena Easton, Phil Collins, Glenn Frey. Yeah, uh, I think Huey Lewis was on an episode. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I'm not sure what year it happened, but he lost a lot of cool factor when he started dating, dating Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Yeah. That take that flushes the cool that, down. That, yeah. <laughs> That'll take In '85, he was cool. Then <laughs> that must he have been that. like '87 or '88. After Miami Vice is canceled. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Awful. So, to me, I think the, the one guy that, that just kind of oozed coolness to me back then was Judd Nelson. Mm-hmm. So, think yeah. about Bender and the Breakfast Club, the sunglasses, a trench coat, the, you know, the sassy whatever. Always had this quick, snappy one-liners. To me, that was just... He was like a super cool guy to me at the time. Now you look back at Judd Nelson at, you know, outside of Breakfast Club, not so cool. But during that that brief window of time back then, yeah. I thought that's a cool dude. He's funny. I wouldn't want to be like a hood like him or nothing, but he just seemed cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, on he, the on the female side, I would have to say uh, kind of somebody exemplified cool. She was scary but intriguing. Would be Madonna. Yeah. On the, yeah, every girl thought Madonna was cool. Mm-hmm. It's most every girl. They wanted her look and the music and yeah. 
Yeah, it's a big year for her. She released Like a Virgin and Crazy for You and Material Girl and Dress You Up. All your favorites. Oh, yeah, all of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Eddie Murphy was awful cool back then. Yeah, yeah he yeah. was, yeah. Everything he did made millions of dollars. Yeah. So the Brat Pack, would, who would you say was the, the cool of the cool of the Brat Pack? Like, it was actually cool? Yeah. I don't know. Rob Lowe seemed awful cool. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he would have been my choice of that yeah. crew. So I, I saw recently that uh, Andrew McCarthy, well, he wrote a book, but he's doing a documentary on the Brat Pack. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So he's going, he's going, like, he'll go to, like, their houses and sit down with them and talk to them about the days back then and so forth. And he has come across, like... Back in those days, I did not see him. He just kind of seemed like a dork to me. Mm-hmm. But like now, like modern day Andrew McCarthy seems like a pretty cool dude. Like he'd be cool to hang out with. Mm-hmm. He's like an author. He goes, he like documents these hikes he does with his adult son and stuff. Do you so, know is that with Amazon or Netflix? Uh, or? I have no idea. Okay, no idea. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's like seems his cool his cool factor is raised. Who would you guys say was the coolest Brat Packer? Oh, I was going to go Rob Lowe. Yeah, yeah. probably Rob Lowe, yeah. It's unanimous. And Demi Moore on the female side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another guy that really, to me, exemplified cool in 85 would be David Lee Roth. Yeah, he was pretty cool. You know, that's when he went solo mm-hmm. with his California girls and just a gigolo. And he just seemed to have it going on, having a good time no matter where he was. Agreed. Well, then Eddie Van Halen was always cool, too. Eddie was just... He was consistent. Born, he cool. was born cool. Yeah. Even like when they were doing Van Halen three, he was still Eddie Van Halen. Mm-hmm. He was still cool. Exactly. So we're gonna stop, take a brief time out, uh, acknowledge our sponsors, and we'll be right back talking about everything else having to do with 1985. Stay tuned. KTL International presents the sounds of the city on Street Beat, starring Jeffrey Osborne. Naked Eyes and Elton John. Eurythmics, men without hats and culture club. Sensational Irene Cara. Today's hottest hits are on Street Beat. Just one of seven super hit collections from KTEL. At these and other fine stores. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. We're in our last segment here. We're going to be talking about music. Our favorite topic anyway. We're going to start off with our favorite song of 1985. Kevin, go. No judge. Don't judge anybody, okay? That's fair. That's fair. We won't judge. Trust me, we won't. I'm going to go Money for Nothing. I remember the first time I heard it, I was in the car with Art and Cynthia. We're driving back from somewhere. I don't know where. Hey, wait a second. You said no making fun. <laughs> <laughs> you probably stole and, the song. And it's, and, it's on, and it's on the radio. Yeah. And Art said, is that Sting singing I Want My MTV at the beginning? It's kind of like really quiet. And it, and I, I like the song a lot. But, but it was just like Sting singing I Want My MTV to show how big MTV had become in like those four years. So. Yeah. I just I always thought that was a cool song. So, 
totally agree. How about you, Rob? Me? I have a two-pronged answer. Yeah. Back then, I would have to say, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. That whole Songs from the Big Chair album I can listen to from beginning to end. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Now as I look back on 1985 through my adult lens, and I'm looking at all these songs that were hits or whatever, I'm looking at albums I listened to back then, I'm going to say Goodbye by Night Ranger. Mm. To me, that's the best song in 1985 that I I ever heard. So, yeah. that's me. How about you, Snowball? No judging. Right. Because I know you will. Raspberry Beret by Prince. Judging as much as surprised you would say then? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I always enjoy the song. It's typical Prince. A lot of sexual innuendos, you know. Sometimes they're innuendos. Sometimes the actor just comes out and says it. Yes. Yeah, case, sometimes it, there's no innuendo. <laughs> in this case, it's just innuendos. Yes. But what I love about this song, a lot of songs, you really don't get to know the characters or the people in the song. But we learn a lot of, in this song. We learn yeah. a lot about the girl. We know she doesn't follow directions very well. <laughs> she goes in through the outdoor, the outdoor. Yeah. She, she wasn't too bright. She, yeah. So I'm just thinking about this girl just running into walls, maybe wearing like... Yeah, uh, yeah there was something about the clouds that are like, mixed. She wasn't very bright, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I kind of picture maybe mismatched shoes. And well, she she was, bought herself at a thrift store. Yeah, yeah. She, that's where she got her beret, so she's very thrifty. <laughs> she was a great kisser, because when she gave a kiss, she knew how to give her kicks, so we know that. Yes. And obviously she was built very well, because, well, she wouldn't know if he was going to do her any harm, so. And what did we learn about uh, the male in this song? He worked for Mr. McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Part-time. <laughs> yep, he did. Uh, he was usually doing something next to nothing. So pretty lazy guy. Yeah. But it was a, it's a lazy he, slacker he, with a dumb girlfriend. Yeah. He was creative because he was doing different lazy things every day. Um, he was a virgin. We know that. This was yeah. his first time. And we know he had a motorcycle. He liked riding it out by Old Man Johnson's farm. Yeah. So we learn a lot about so, these so guys. Do, do we think Old Man Johnson and Mr. McGee were maybe friends? <laughs> oh, Could be. It seemed like kind of they seemed like they were out together, yeah. You know, five and dime. He didn't see those in big cities, really. No, yeah, so they probably knew each other. Yeah. Definitely small town America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good song. Fun. That's my favorite. So, 
I will tell you, that song comes into my mind every time I'm walking out of a store and I'm going out the outdoor <laughs> and Summer walks in and I say to myself, she walks into the outdoor. I it every you echo it outdoor, time. And outdoor. sometimes if Dinah's with me, I said, I'll say, I wonder if she has a raspberry beret. She's like, why? I said, because she just walked into the outdoor. Then I have to explain the entire thing every time, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it just happened like two days ago and I was like, it hit me. She walked, and I thought, "Well, what year that came out? Oh, '85. That's convenient. I'll, I'll mention it." So, and then I can't believe you actually mentioned that song. So it was pretty interesting. Cool. It's actually on Kevin's list. Yeah, it was on my list. Nice. Yeah. Not so much that I liked it; it was my top, but just it has stuck in my memory after all these years oh, yeah. because I, still... I just remember the video is is it like a cartoon? It's a cartoony video. Remember showing a picture of them driving through the country in a mm. motorcycle and stuff. Uh, okay. Worst song of 1985. Like the song that you hear even today that still makes you cringe. So you don't have one? Well, <laughs> Mike doesn't have one, so Kevin. I, I'll see if he's going to find one real well, quick. Well, I can give him one. I'll give you one. No, I'll find my own here. Separate Lives by Ooh, Phil Collins. It's pretty sappy. I'll, and Marilyn I'll say Martin. That. Oh. That is terrible. Oh, my I'll goodness. agree with you there. Not the worst, though. I've got one that's worse, I think. Let's hear it. <laughs> Mine is Who's Zoomin' Who by Aretha Franklin. Oh, yeah. As much as I respect and admire and love Aretha's voice, this song was, had, I mean, it was a huge hit, but, oh, I just can't stand it. I can't stand it. Yeah. All right, I got mine. What's okay, your I cannot stand this band, no matter what. We built this city by Starship. <laughs> You know, that's funny, because that's like on a the lot critics. of... The critics. It's like a lot of worst of lists. Me, personally, I've always enjoyed it. I'm, I'm fine with that song. Actually, I pulled it up. It was number two on the list, but it's it's one I've never yeah. liked. There's, there's a all. lot of critics that list that as one of the worst songs of the 80s and say they sold out when they did that song. Your Separate Lives was number five on the list of <laughs> worst 1985 As far songs. as Kevin concerned, it's four spots too low. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, if I wanted to go, like, just... Of you know, obviously Super Bowl Shuffle was a horrible song, but that was more. That was more of a novelty. Yeah, number Is that nine. Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> that was so more somebody out there agrees with me. I enjoyed. Yeah, it. it was more of a novelty. I bought, I bought the twelve-inch single, which is like a lot more of the same thing. So there you go. But I mean, Phil Collins was an actual singer. Yeah, and he and had a horrible song, huge. right? And a huge like, star, right? How in the world? Oh, yeah, I could never get it, but. It was like, I think it went to number one, didn't it? This was a huge hit. They I had think Summer so. of 69 on that list. That's a great well, song. That that val- invalidates the list. The list is dumb. <laughs> All right, our last topic of the night, The Hidden Gem. This is the one song that like maybe most people hadn't heard, whether it's a B-side or an album cut, or maybe it's just like some obscure song that you heard along the way that you're pretty sure most people haven't. Go ahead, Kevin. I have two on my list, but I think I'm going to go with So In Love by OMD.
that's a great song. Yeah, and I think I may have learned about that song from one of your mixtapes back in the day. Because I don't really recall hearing that on the radio a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you somehow knew about it, so uh, I think that's a good song. Yeah, that's a great one. I, I mean, I always liked OMD. Not everything they've done, but they've got quite a few songs that I can listen to today and just really enjoy. But yeah, good choice. But you, Snowball. These aren't really hidden gems, but I did find it very unique that the number 28 and number 29 song of 1985, the first one is Lover Boy by Billy Ocean and number 29's Lover Girl by Tina Marie. Mm. We're back to back on the chart. That's pretty awesome. I've seen that chart many times and that has always struck me as funny. Yes. Like, yeah. That's Lover Boy, Lover Girl. Yeah. I wonder if they're actually like that or whoever did the charts. Yeah, like, yeah no one will know. Let's just better. put them together just <laughs> right. to be funny. This is actually number 38. We're going to move it up. Yeah. But I think Billy Ocean's trash, personally. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Just just letting you know. His music's never done anything for me. But uh, Summertime Girls by Y&T would be a great, you know. Yes. That's one most people don't think about. Mm, Great summer song. song. Yes, it is. on my list <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm yeah. cheating oh god looking yeah. over his shoulder cheating on a podcast that's hilarious <laughs> so the one i'm gonna have here is when your heart is weak by cock robin seems like a real good beginning right here because when your heart is That's an obscure one. Yeah, they're from San Francisco. Uh, One hit wonder, and that one hit was not even that big of a hit. But was that their one hit? That was their one hit. And they would play it on MTV some. I remember hearing it on the radio station here just a little bit, not a lot, but enough that you know I went out and and bought the uh, the cassette, and that was the only song on it I liked. I think (laughs) because I don't remember any other ones. But yeah, that was that was my one. All right, so that is, I mean, that's all we got for tonight on 1985. Uh, any Anything else from 85 before we take off here? It's a good year. Yeah. Good memories that year. Mm-hmm. I think um, that was the year I got my driver's license. That was a pretty cool year, so. All right, so we are going to close out with another hidden gem from 1985. So here is In Excess with Sweet As Sin. It's not Michael Hutchins singing. It's uh, Gary Gary Beers singing, who's also in the band. But here's In Excess, Sweet As Sin. Guys, thanks. Take care. See you next week. We're going to be talking all about the year 1981. Take care. God bless. We'll see you next week.
might have been wearing the jelly bracelet, but not on the ankle at that point. Are you serious right now? <laughs> I'm serious, Clark. Jelly bracelet? <laughs> yeah. You wore a jelly bracelet like a girl. Like a guy. What kind of guy wears jelly bracelets? Me, my friends. <laughs> Anybody that was cool. That's terrible. Huh. Okay. I do not I remember you never... wearing a jelly bracelet, Rob. I don't, I don't remember you wearing one no. either. Huh. I don't think any of our friends did either. We're two of the manliest men ever. Apparently <laughs> huh. so. Go figure. Jelly bracelets huh. on a guy. Never would have thunk it. Nobody appreciates your sense of humor, you know.